Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Spirituality and science both are telling us that we are all connected, that we're literally all one. Once mankind awakens to this universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's topic is Great Minds speak to to you with channel Tina Louise Spaulding. I had the honor and the pleasure of meeting Tina in November, this past November, and we are doing a series of shows. Each show will focus on one of her books that she has channeled. Um, And so so tonight's show, we're focusing on the book that she, she channeled, which is entitled Great Minds Speak to You. Tina, thank you so much for being with us again. Welcome to Wake to Oneness Radio. Hello again. Nice to be back. Thank you. Thank you. So good to have you. And I love, 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 love the book. But please, please share with our listeners um, a little of your your backstory, because not everyone listening tonight might be familiar with you, and also... Share how you came to channel this great book. Okay. Uh, well, the backstory is a long one, so I'll, I'll just do it very briefly. Um, after about a 12-year period of studying A Course in Miracles, uh, I had what's called a Kundalini Awakening, uh, and that took place on the summer solstice of 2012. Uh, and on that afternoon, I laid down for a nap, and I had massive, suddenly had massive amounts of energy Uh, began to move through my body and I had done a lot of uh, studying that winter about kundalini energy and so I I knew that it was a kundalini awakening and so I I really surrendered to the process uh, which actually took about a month to complete itself and during that month every time I lay down I was infused with this ecstatic uh, very sexual energy in actual fact there was a lot of uh, sort of orgasmic ecstatic things going on for that month and at the end of that month I had the feeling that somebody wanted to say something and so I began uh, automatic writing with the help of a channeling friend of mine and Ananda who are my guides and teachers made themselves known to me and told me that now this was my life's purpose and that they would be writing books through me which at the time was news to me. I had no idea that this was going to happen. And so I began to surrender to this process of them communicating uh, to me and through me. At first, uh, they uh, began to write longhand and it was very, uh, they wrote very, very quickly. And when I would read, I couldn't read it back because the writing was so uh, done so quickly. And then one day I went to check my Facebook uh, page and uh, lo and behold, I had that feeling that they wanted to type. And so uh, that first, uh, probably within the first couple of weeks, they began to type, which was a lot easier for me to correct. I could, there were still lots of errors, but be- 
because it was uh, on a computer screen. It was much easier to decipher what they were saying. And they told me that they were going to write a book, which was the one we talked about last week, Making Love to God. And that mm-hmm. book uh, took about about six or eight months, I think, to write in total. And about three months into that process, Ananda said that they were going to prepare me to speak for them. And uh, that took about um, a week. Uh, and I would wake up in the middle of the night and, and would be speaking about things. I didn't know what I was speaking about. And then um, one day I lay down for one of these energy sessions, which were continuing. Um, they continued for the first year or so. And um, they spontaneously spoke about love. And so I started to voice channel. Uh, that was in the October. And so that winter I uh, worked on the Making Love to God book editing it and channeling it and it was a whole it was a very steep learning curve that first few months because uh, they didn't want me to get a job <laughs> which I was kind of upset with them at times because you know I would say you don't have a body to support I have a body to support and right. uh, anyway I made it through that first winter and produced that first book which was an amazing experience I just never dreamt that uh, I would be able to have that kind of experience. And so I began in, I think it was about March or April, to look for a publisher. And Mm -hmm. um, I had read somewhere that Stephen King got 900 refusals. So I sort of started out with that. I thought, okay, well, if I have 900 refusals, that's what I have. And I just started sending out query letters to publishers all over um, North America and Canada. And um, I had a few replies of people who said that I should go see a doctor (laughs) because (laughs) something very weird was happening. Um, But around April, I got a reply from um, Light Technology Publishing, who are a big publisher of channeled material. They actually produce the donor magazine. So I'm very grateful to them because they um, said, yes, we would publish this book. And then um, I was not really expecting anything else to happen as quickly as it did. Uh, But we had a a family friend died suddenly. He was found in his apartment. He was 61 years old, and he was a very good friend of my sister's. And I had had met him. He was a very lovely guy. His name was Malcolm, and he was English, a family friend of my mom and my sister. And uh, my sister was so upset that he had died. And she had had a lot of channeling sessions. Now, at this point, I had been channeling Ananda for about a year. So they had first come through in the June of 2012, and this was now the May, uh, the end of April, early May of 2013. So I mm-hmm. had really developed a relationship with them at that point, and my sister had had a lot of channeling sessions with them. And so I said to her, why don't you come over after the funeral? She just was really upset and crying a lot. I said, and come and talk to Ananda. They'll be able to help you. So um, I arranged for her to come over to the house that I was staying in. And about five minutes before she was due to come, Ananda started to channel. And they said, there's somebody here who wants to speak to your sister. It's Malcolm. So this was the Monday night. And she had been to his funeral on the weekend. So Mm -hmm. this was a very surprising thing for me. I've not channeled anyone else at this point. And so they said, will you let him speak? And so I said, yes. And so he came through for about five minutes and in a very strong English accent said to me, I just want to tell your sister that I'm okay. 
that I'm with my mum and uh, please let me talk to her. Uh, so my sister arrived at the door and I said, you'll never guess who wants to talk to you. It's Malcolm. And so for the next hour, I channeled Malcolm for her and he told her what it was like to die. He told her what it was like to be at his funeral and he told her what the afterlife was like. And she left that uh, communication happy and cheerful and, and the picture that had uh, been on her dashboard that had been making her cry now made her smile. So it was a really amazing demonstration of how her changing her mind, changing her story about death, stopped her suffering, which was really, I think, the whole point of it. And then the next morning, Ananda, because I was channeled them every morning, Ananda said, there's a long line of beings here who want to have a message for the world will you let them come through? It's going to be a book and they're all famous. And so that was the introduction to this book. And I said, you know, after thinking about it for about three or four seconds, I said, yes, I'll do it. Uh, I was so intrigued. I was like, who is going to channel? Wow, famous people. And um, so for the next uh, 20 or 30 days. I did take a few days off in there because it was an intense process. But for that month, so that was May of 2013, every morning I would get up at six o'clock in the morning and Ananda would introduce somebody. I, did, I didn't know who it was going to be. But the first person who came through was Albert Einstein. And so he gave a 30-minute lecture on how important it was to bring spirituality into science because it's science without spirit that's killing us. And that was really his message. And he talked also about how he inspires people who are physically incarnated and he gives them ideas. And there's a lot of interaction between the spirit world and our world. Mm -hmm. And um, the next day, I went on to channel Ralph Waldo Emerson, who is a 19th century American spiritualist. Uh, and he talked about the importance of spending time in nature. And each day I would bring through another person and each person seemed to get more and more famous as we went through the book. And uh, each person told the story of their life, um, what it meant to them, what they learned in that lifetime and how it affected the next incarnations. And a lot of people talked about their death and the afterlife experience that they were having. And so that's really how it started. And in the end, 20 people came through, and that was the book. Wow. Amazing. It's, yeah, um, it, was interesting. A pretty, it was a pretty intense month, I have to say. Yeah. It's, and it's wonderful that uh, Albert Einstein, because he's like one of my favorite people, um, yep. I, it was science, actually. I mean, I've been studying spirituality for Oh, many, many years. But it was actually quantum, the quantum physics, the connection that quantum physics has made, um, pretty much proving that we are literally all connected. And that's what kind of really woke me up to oneness. I'm yeah. like, this is not just spirituality. This is this is physics. This is science. Yeah. You know. And I'm like, wow. So that is amazing, amazing. Yeah, and it was Wonderful. interesting because. Um, some of the beings that came through had very, very distinctive uh, characteristics. 
uh, when I channeled Albert Einstein, he sounded very much like me. Um, mm. But when I, 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 I think the fourth person I brought through was Marilyn Monroe. And when she came through, she was, she uh, engaged my body in a very, very visceral way. And I, um, I moved like her. I talked like her. Even that lip thing that she does with that top lip, I was even doing that when she was talking, which I thought was really funny. Uh, wow. So some of them had very, very strong accents or uh, you would recognize their voice and others did not. So it, was, it wasn't it was always a consistent kind of channeling where you, they always sounded like the person. Um, but there were, there were very distinctive energies, very distinctive stories. And the real reason that Amanda said that they brought this book through, well, there was a few reasons really. The first reason is to begin to dispel our fear of death. They said that our fear and our misunderstanding of death is so distorted that we lose a lot of our life um, opportunities because we're grieving. So, mm-hmm. so you've had that experience of losing somebody close to you, a child, right. and mm-hmm. they said that unless we come to believe in eternal life, that we're destined to have grief ruin our experiences and it's unnecessary because these beings that don't always leave, as you know, they don't always leave at the time that we think they should, but there is a perfect timing in it and there is their their path is predestined. There are no accidents and they are they were alive before they were born and they're alive after they die. That basically we dip down into physicality and then we dip back up into non physical and this was really the message of the book. Um, well, one of the messages of the book was to really get us to look at our beliefs around death and uh, grieving. Wow. Well, that that actually come, brings me to my first question that I have for Ananda um, mm-hmm. is is on premature death. Um, right. I I was listening to your YouTube channel and I listened to um, Amy Winehouse. Um, yes. Michael Jackson and the yes. Kennedy brothers. Yes. So what what I kind of got from Amy and Michael were that they were called. It wasn't like I even what really I had to rewind it when when you, Amy said that she had planned a long life, um, mm-hmm. um, inspiring people through song, and mm-hmm. we know that she left um, the summer of 2011 at the young age of 27 um, through um, alcohol poisoning. So, mm-hmm. um, but she, she said that she was called home because she was so lost, which that yeah. kind of thing, hmm, I thought we, it was always planned. You know, we, that every soul planned when they were going to leave. And Michael said the same thing, that he was yeah. called home. So, yeah. but then the Ken, Kennedy brothers, said that they both planned that assassinations um, for it to be an impact on the world. world. So their premature death was planned. But Michael and Amy's were not. So, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to to ask Ananda to talk more about, the premature death. And um, I always believed that, like you said, I lost my son. He was 29 years old when I Mm -hmm. lost my son. And um, it, it, I, I believe I, I did experience a miracle, 
about three years before he he made his transition. Doctors told me he was going to make his transition three years before that, and I wasn't right. ready. I wasn't right. ready that at that time, and I believe that he stayed an extra three years mm-hmm. so I can get ready for mm-hmm. his actual transition. I truly mm-hmm. believe that, and I believe that with my son in my son's case, I believe it was his plan. It was his plan to go when he went. So right. can can Ananda um, speak to us about that premature death? Absolutely. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I just take one breath when I'm channeling Ananda and they come right through. You'll hear a very different energy when they're talking. So, um, yeah, I'll do that right now and we'll see what they have to say about uh, premature death. So I'll take a breath. You'll hear me go quiet and then you'll hear them come through. I'll talk to you at the end of the the, uh, discussion. Great. Ah, we're with you again, dear ones. Uh, We thank you for allowing us to come back into your world, um, dear host. It is a great honor for us to be able to share the airwaves with you. Of course, we are always sharing the airwaves with you in a different sense. Uh, We are communicating with many of you all of the time, and those of you that have made a connection through reading the books, those of you that have made a connection through watching the videos, and those of you who are now making a connection through this radio broadcast, whether you are listening to it live or whether you are listening to a recording, are tuning into our frequency. And so we want you to know that in this uh, two-hour time frame, you have the ability to introduce yourself to us and invite us to share some energies with you and invite us to share some information with you if you are willing. Uh, this is all free will, and this is a part, of course, a good segue to this uh, question. We want you to know that uh, your obsession with the physical material body in your c- culture is part of your difficulty in negotiating death because you are deeply indoctrinated into believing that the consciousness that you see or the personality that you experience as a person and their body are the same thing, and they are not. And this is a consequence of your conditioning. In other societies and other times and places, people through a study and the practice, meditation and working with higher mind, uh, learn very, very young that consciousness is not attached to the body, that it is residing in there and can flow easily in and out. And in fact, your consciousness is flowing in and out of your body all the time. When you go to sleep, your higher mind leaves your body. Uh, there are several levels of consciousness, and one of the lower levels is to maintain the physical structure. And this would be what you would call a vegetative state, let us say. You are essentially unconscious when you are sleeping, but your higher mind is off in spirit, in dream world, learning and growing and interacting with other consciousness. Uh, But in your society, you are not taught this. And so you think of uh, the uh, body and mind being uh, inextricably stuck together. But they are not. And this is, of course, one of the great uh, uh, mind expansions that your society needs to go through because it is this belief that makes death painful for you and it is this belief that makes death a reality for you. Because when you begin to learn that your consciousness can leave your body and you can train yourself to do that, you begin to see that you are not your body. 
and that the death of the body is somewhat irrelevant. And of course, that was what uh, Jesus demonstrated in his uh, resurrection. And that was the purpose of that whole crucifixion experience. Uh, For those on the ground at the time, he was demonstrating his mastery over uh, being able to bring his consciousness in and out of his body and to being able to remanufacture a body. And so these are some of the lacking uh, principles in your education. And of course, that is why we are here. We are here to help you expand your understanding of consciousness. We are here to help you understand what death is and is not. And uh, we are here to help you shift your beliefs so that you do not suffer so much. And this is really the purpose of this book. It is to shift your understanding of these concepts through these stories, and yes, we were very, very uh, blatantly using your fascination with celebrities uh, to get you to look at the book and to show some interest in the subject. If we had just written a book about death and the afterlife, there would have been a certain amount of interest. But when we start bringing through uh, these very, very famous names uh, whose faces and lives you know a lot about because of your culture's obsession with celebrity, then it becomes a much more interesting subject for you. And so that is why we did that. We make no bones about that fact. Uh, As far as premature death goes, we must even look at the word that you are looking, uh, you are using. Uh, Premature has a judgment behind it. Premature uh, implies that it should not have happened yet. And so this is also a part of your learning process or your reconditioning process. You must understand that there is no destiny that is uh, mandatory for a lifetime, whether it is 60 years or 90 years or 120 years or two years. Each being that has their journey uh, orchestrated, and it is always orchestrated from the non-physical before you come into manifestation. And you must remember that when that orchestration and that communication is happening between the consciousness that is coming into this world and the teachers and uh, uh, beings of higher mind that are assisting you in designing your life. Yes, there's a lot of pre-planning that goes into your experience. Uh, The consciousness that is going into that design and preparation, of course, knows that the body is a temporary vehicle, that death is not real. And so beings in the non-physical before birth have no fear of death. They may decide that they want to come in for six or seven years, have a particular experience and leave. And there is no fear in it for them. There is no worry in it for them because they are in the knowing, in the knowledge that life is eternal. And so they say, yes, I will come in for six years. I will have this experience. Other collaborative consciousnesses will be having a different kind of experience, perhaps uh, learning about death and separation and attachment. Uh, These are some of the lessons that are brought into the minds of the beings who are left behind in the physical plane. But this is all designed with love. It is all designed with consciousness evolution as the purpose. And of course, from spirit's point of view, the length of an incarnation is irrelevant. The body is irrelevant. These do not matter to spirit. They are irrelevant because you know as you are designing this lifetime that you may, you will design another one that has another purpose and uh, on and on and on. 
And so the pain and suffering of death or even the idea that it is a premature death is laced with your limited beliefs and ideas about the body, about consciousness, and about what death is in actual fact. Because your point of view is that uh, for many of you, anyway, not all of you, but for many of you, your point of view is that this life is all there is, and you are so wrong, dear ones. You are so wrong. It is one of thousands, and you have an amazing capacity to create in all of those experiences, and they are all transpiring simultaneously. And this is one of the other misconceptions that you have in your society is that reincarnation is linear and controlled and that the same consciousness is going in and out of different bodies. These are misconstrued ideas. You have, uh, we would like to bring to mind the idea of a thousand tentacled octopus. Uh, you are the tip of one of those tentacles a focus point of the consciousness that is experiencing a particular time and place, sending information up that tentacle to the higher mind, which would be what you look think of as the head of the octopus. And yet you are connected not only to the head of the octopus, but through that higher mind, you are connected to the thousand other tentacles. And that is where a lot of you are getting a lot of information that you do not know you are getting. And so the tip of that one tentacle is what you believe you are, that you are so much more than that, dear ones. You are so much more than that. You have access to infinite wisdom. You have access to infinite knowledge. But you do not know that you have access to it because of your poor conditioning in your society and because of a, a lot of the fear-mongering that has gone on for millennia on your plane about connecting to spirit. So we want you to, first of all, begin to reassess the word premature death. There is no such thing. Death comes at the precise time that it is suited for that particular being. Now, the, uh, men you mentioned the idea of being called home or being a plant. Uh, you are living in a free will zone and you have the ability to do whatever you choose. There is a plan for your life and you come at it with the experiences you have, you come at it with the knowledge you have and you come at it with guidance from your teachers and guides and higher consciousness before you are ever incarnated into a physical body. But you have free will and one of the choices that you have to make in your society is whether to use drugs and alcohol and uh, what happens then is a whole different story. If you make the choice to take drugs and alcohol in small quantities, you still maintain your free will. You still maintain your ability to look at the world and make sound judgments and uh, uh, interpret your feelings. But if you begin to take drugs and alcohol in large quantities and you begin to lose the ability to discern this means that you begin to lose your ability to employ your free will in your choices. And once this happens, once you get into that state of inebriation or addiction, then spirit begins to really pay attention to the incarnation that you are having. Because once you have lost your free will, once you are being sucked into, let us say, habits and behaviors that really are no longer your choice, because the drugs have clouded your mind, the alcohol has poisoned your system, then you are not evolving in the way that you are destined to. That is what your incarnation is for. Your incarnation is 
for your consciousness evolution. Your incarnation is for you to experience and understand and interpret through your guidance system, which is your feelings and emotions. And once you begin to lose that free will ability and comprehension, then your lifetime is really losing its purpose. Its purpose is consciousness evolution. And once you hit that uh, addic- deeply addictive stage, once, once you hit that uh, uh, bad alcoholic stage, then the mind is being controlled by other things rather than free will. And that is when you may very well be called home, not because you are bad, not because you are committing a sin or you are going to be punished, but because your consciousness evolution has now begun to cease. And that uh, really is a point where uh, suffering uh, increases tremendously. Uh, Pain and physical uh, injury can uh, happen. And uh, once the suffering reaches a certain point, once the mind is uh, shut down to a certain point because of the inebriation or the addiction, uh, then spirit will bring you home because you are not learning anymore. You're unconscious, you are profoundly unconscious, and you may very well be suffering a lot. And spirit does not want you to suffer unnecessarily. Some suffering in the mind can awaken you, but once uh, large quantities of drugs and alcohol are at play, then the mind is not functioning clearly, the lessons are not being learned, the consciousness is not expanding, it's not uh, growing, and the spirit will make an intervention then. However, on the other hand, sometimes in that pre-planning stage, before you are brought into conscious uh, physical manifestation, uh, you will have a plan that is designed once again with your teachers and guides, and it will have a plan of uh, waking people up. It will be a plan of bringing attention to your life. And it is often on your plane a tragic death that brings attention to the messages and the life of that being. There are many beings who do great work, who fade into old age and disappear in your society, and their message is lost a little bit. Uh, because of your attachment to the body, because of your love of drama as well, we will say humans just love drama, Uh, sometimes a very dramatic death will make you look more closely at the life that that being has led, and it will make you pay attention to the lesson. And as far as the Kennedy brothers go, that is exactly what happened to them. The reason that we still use their name, the reason that they are still uh, very much iconic uh, figures in the North American society is because of how they died, because they were brothers and they died the same way. Their legend lives on because of that tragic, in your point of view, death. From spirit's point of view, that death was not tragic at all. It was a very efficient use of a death. And it brings their message forth time after time, year after year. And because of your belief in death, sometimes spirit will use it for our own benefit. And that is to wake you up, to get you out of unconsciousness, to get you to look up from your mundane daily tasks, that keep you from higher mind. We are all about waking you up. And that is, of course, why these books are coming through this channel and why we are having such a good time having conversations such as this. So we will uh, leave our dear one for a few moments here and uh, we will return when you have another question in a few minutes. So we will talk to you again in a few minutes. Okay, I'm back. Wonderful. Wow, yeah, no, she definitely, I mean, they, 
they definitely answered the question. Um, I understand now the difference between with the Kennedys and Amy mm-hmm. and Michael. That was amazing. Wonderful. They now, never seemed uh, to be stumped. <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't think I didn't think they would. I didn't think they would. Um, the other thought is today being January fifteenth, and we were just talking about the Kennedys. But in that same era, uh, today is Dr. King's birthday. We so we celebrated as a nation on Monday. Um, and I know Dr. King was not one of the famous people you brought through in the yes. great book, Great Minds Speak, but would it be possible to bring Dr. King, can we ask Ananda if we could bring uh, Dr. King? Yeah, I don't, I'm afraid, I don't do that. Um, I don't do oh. spontaneous. Uh, that's just my own personal choice. Uh, okay. I, what I What I say to people is that I trust, that that group of people that came through was there uh, by their design. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was their choice. And those beings, um, for whatever reason, I don't know what their motivation was, uh, but I'm trusting in the integrity of that um, group and that mm-hmm. the message that uh, part of, our, it seems to me that part of our consciousness on this plane is, and, I, and I'm not saying this to be judgmental to you at all, but that we are never happy with what we get. <laughs> and yes, uh, we always want you know more. what? We, yeah. We've been given 20 amazing yes. stories, and yes. yet we want more, you know? And well, I think it's part of something that we should look at uh, ourselves. And I, you know, I, I'm kind of holding firm on that a little bit. That, right. That we no, need to, I. We need to honor the stories that have come through, and they came through for a reason. Yes. No, I I agree with you 100%. I only thought about Dr. King because of the Kennedys and because today is his birthday. Yes, absolutely. That was the only reason I I asked that. One of the things that I did actually write in the book was I was, um, you know, I was, I noticed that there were a lot more white people than people of color in that, that mixture. Um, right. And that was that was something that I did notice. Um, oh, so, honestly, me personally, I don't look at skin color at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the only reason I thought about Dr. King is I would yes. not even have thought about him if today wasn't his birthday. And right. so that just and, and then the Kennedys, you know, there were so many assassinations during that era. It was the Kennedys. It was uh, Dr. King. It was Malcolm X. So it was just a, a, lot, a lot of people were getting assassinated in the 60s, and yeah, I, was was a a <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just a baby. I was just a baby. So, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, no problem. Just for, I, um, just for um, anyone who's calling in or whatever, I, I don't, um, you know, sort of do that um, mm-hmm. bringing through other people right now that um, I am always being introduced to new um, uh, people, uh just mm-hmm. a few days ago, I started channeling, and I haven't told you this. This I haven't told you this yet. But I know because channeling Mary Magdalene, she came through, yeah. uh-huh. and so I, she I, is I now. She is now writing um, her side of their great love mm-hmm. story. So uh, I am amazing. just trusting that that uh, those uh, those beings that mm-hmm. need to speak to us will come through at the right time. 
Yeah, no, no, wonderful. No, yeah, uh, actually, I had lunch yesterday with Jim. And oh, he, he told okay, me. Jim. Yes. Hi, Jim. <laughs> and he told me about Mary Magdalene. So I was like, oh, wonderful. Oh, I'm excited. I am so excited. excited. I cannot wait for that book. I mean, I can. Yeah. I can wait. But, you know, yeah. I'm just really, really, really excited. So, no, I no, I understand. It's perfect. So let's, you know, let's do take a caller. We've had we have a couple of callers on the line. Let's yep. take a caller um that's been patiently waiting from area code 203. Okay. Area code 203, you are on the line. Hi. This is Claire. Hi. Hi Claire. Um so I do have specific questions, but I was wondering if um, you had anything general that might be a message for me. Okay, I can. Um, I'll bring Amanda through, and I'll see if they have. Uh, are you looking for uh, about a particular subject or anything? Um, I think I, I feel for anything really. <laughs> okay, I'll see what they have to say. I'll okay. take a breath and you'll hear them. Oh, we're with you again, dear ones. And we will say welcome. We thank you for the question uh, specifically for you. We want you to know that uh, it is opening your heart. That is your uh, biggest challenge and that that is where you are going to reap the greatest re rewards. Uh, we are not focused on the world as you are. We are focused on your energies. And uh, in assessing your structure, uh, we see difficulty around the heart. We see difficulty around uh, vulnerability and uh, defensiveness. Uh, and you are going to uh, suffer some uh, physical consequences over time if you do not look at this issue. So we want you to know that there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to... Uh, concern yourself with, you must remember that your physical incarnation is to show you where you are out of alignment. It is to show you where you are incorrect in your assessment of your beliefs. And so that is what we want you to know. We want you to know that it is in opening your heart, in appreciating what is close to you. This is where your issue is lying right now. It is about appreciating the people that you are very close to right now. They are showing you where you have upset. They are showing you where you have resentments. They are showing you where you have fears. And it is very uh, difficult for the Western mind that is untrained to see the world in this way. But that is your job. It is to turn your eyes from blame and judgment into love and that is what opening the heart means it means you stop looking at others and seeing where they are wrong and you turn your eyes inside and you begin to appreciate where they are right where they are in alignment where they are doing good things where they are helping you where they are uh, bringing positivity into your life and as you shift your consciousness you will see a great shift out in the world. It will look like miracles are happening, but it will be your consciousness that is shifting and it will be your alignment with love that is generating 
the transformations that you will begin to witness. But we will say to you, pay attention to what we are saying. Uh, heart disease is a serious issue in your society because of the lack of love. And uh, that is always the solution to any problem you have, in fact. But that is your specific uh that is our specific advice for you, dear one, our specific advice. Okay, yes. Tina again. <laughs> that well, was a great that, message. Yeah, yeah go ahead. That, was, that hits mm-hmm. the nail on the head for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, Claire, you said you had, a, you had a Pacific question as well? Claire? Well, yes. Things, um, things across the board, I think, are all up in the air, and it looks like, you know, like my job is not going well, and I'm actually thinking, I didn't, I didn't want to move out of state, but it looks like I may be getting opportunities out of state, so I was wondering if I was going to need to move out of state. Hmm. Okay, I'll bring them through again, and I'll see what they have to say. <clears throat> ah, we're with you again, dear one. Uh, we want you to know that uh, the world you are living in is not happening to you. You are bringing it to yourself, dear one. You are bringing it to yourself. You are bringing yourself opportunities to expand. Uh, your society and your training is very limited and is... Uh, detrimental at times to your spiritual evolution. Uh, You are taught that to stay the same is safe or secure. You have these words of predictable, reliable, uh, these kinds of things. Uh, Well, your higher self does not look at the world this way, do one. It does not look at the world this way. It wants adventure. It wants growth. It wants expansion. Uh, But what you are battling here is your conditioning. Your conditioning uh, teaches you to... uh, be more rigid, your conditioning teaches you to be less adventurous, and uh, yet you must understand that the world that is coming to you or seems to be happening to you is not happening to you at all. It is arising from a place within you that you are unaware of. You are not taught how the world works in your society. You are not taught that the life that you are living is arising from within your own consciousness. And so the work uh, you are doing that is not going so well, is not going so well because it does not suit you anymore. You have learnt what you needed to learn there, and now your consciousness uh, is excited about a new adventure, and so it is bringing you a potential opportunity. Uh, The place that you are in, however, is in this uh, uh, less-than-open-hearted place, Uh, We want you to begin to realize that love is not about romantic love. Love is not just about people. Love is about your spiritual evolution and life. You must open your heart to life. You must become more accepting of what is coming towards you, trusting and knowing that it is coming towards you for a reason. Love is acceptance. And this is a concept that is quite foreign to the modern Western mind. The idea of acceptance seems passive somehow, seems not strong somehow. But when you begin to look at life as your consciousness flowing towards you in the shape of people, places and things and experiences, then you begin to become more open-hearted 
and in becoming more open-hearted, you raise your frequency, you begin to feel better, and you have access to inspirations and more energy and all kinds of new things. When you want to stay small, when you feel safe in a known situation, you are really coming from the place of the ego mind. And the ego mind likes uh, the things to stay the same. It likes routines. It likes to know what is going to happen. Spirit, on the other hand, wants adventure. Spirit wants growth. Spirit knows that you are capable, dear one, of so much more than you have been doing. And so it is through an act of uh, love bringing you an opportunity. And so if you can change your mind, what will happen uh, as a consequence of that is that you will begin to change how you feel about this new opportunity and you will begin to feel optimism. You will begin to feel intrigue and excitement because that is where your feelings come from. Your feelings come from your thoughts about things. And if you begin to see these opportunities as exactly that, your consciousness, your higher self bringing you opportunity, then you will release the resistance. You will release the fearful ideas and judgments and you will begin to feel a sense of excitement. And that is when you know you are on track, when you begin to have a feeling of excitement about the uh, coming experiences, then you know that you are in alignment with your higher self. When you feel resistance, when you feel fear, when you worry, then you know that you are out of alignment with truth. That is your guidance system telling you that your thoughts are not in alignment with love. Love is your natural frequency, dear one. So when you are open and accepting, which is loving, which is forgiving, you are going to feel that in your guidance system. And that is spirit saying, yes, you are in alignment with truth now. If something is coming to you, it is coming to you for a reason. Look at what the opportunity is offering you. Look at what you are not doing in the state you are in now. Spirit wants you to expand. Spirit wants you to grow. And you want you to grow too. You have just forgotten it because your society teaches you that growth is threatening. Growth is risky. You might lose things. Well, you will not lose anything, dear one, from taking an opportunity. You will grow. You will learn. You will meet new people. And you will, if you change your thoughts about it, you will raise your frequency because spirit loves to grow. It loves to expand. It loves new experiences. It loves meeting new people. And if you listen to your guidance system and get yourself in a state of peace and eager anticipation, you know that you are on the right track. So get yourself into that frequency by telling yourself the correct things about life and you will begin to be able to interpret what is happening much more easily. Most of your confusion in your society comes because you are listening to the small, negative, judgmental, ego-driven voice that you are taught to listen to rather than listening to your true self, that spiritual part of yourself that is connected to joy and love and expansion. So get your thoughts in alignment get your feelings in alignment, and then you will be able to make a much better decision based on a frequency of love and truth. That is our answer to you, dear one. That is our answer to you. Okay, Tina again. <laughs> they are so great. <laughs> so, they, have um, a, they have a way of uh, inspiring us to be bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, I've 
done a lot of venturing out. I've done nothing but venturing out for many years, in fact. I've walked very bravely, um, taking risks a lot. But this, at this end, at this particular time, if I were to jump at this job, I would be doing, uh, it would it would be detrimental to my daughter who wants to graduate from this high school she's been at for a year and a half. So that's one of my dilemmas. I, I do I do totally agree that when you really start thinking about it, you didn't want to do that, and I just did. You know, it's like, well, I didn't really anticipate, you know, going out of state. And then you start thinking about it and you say, well, I could do that. Yeah, sure, I could do that. Yeah, what's the universe is offering this. Maybe, uh, you know, it's not a done deal, but then it's but like my 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 advice, just personally from my own experience, is because it involves another person, um, yeah, and the fact that it involves your your being a mother and those sorts of things. Uh, I know from my own experience that my, the mother program is a very very strong one, and um, you know. It's it's not always clear what to do in those kinds of circumstances. So just yeah. look at if you just look at the thoughts and feelings that are coming up, and really try and tune into the frequency of them. You know, is is it a sense? Is it more of a sense of obligation, or is it a? Um, you know, it's it's about really going inside and saying, okay, if everybody else's desires were off the table what would I like to do? And that might help inform you of the right decision to make because sometimes, um, you know, it's not always easy as a mother. Obviously, I have two children. I know, you know, I know the experience. Uh, But one of the things that I did in my life uh, was I did honor my own, um, I did honor my own path and at times it was very, very difficult for me because I was not conforming to the motherhood model at all. And yeah. a very strange thing happened that as I honored my path and I uh, followed my own guidance, which was very, very strong, it didn't always coincide with the traditional uh, mother role. But what happened over the years was I began to create a very vibrant, interesting life and funnily enough, it was much more of an inspiration to my sons than if I had shut it down and conformed and done what everybody else was doing. So I, so with mums, I always just ask them to really look at their own heart, their own passions, and know that this is your life. You're free to live your life. And uh, uh, sometimes that kind of helps you inform the choice a little uh, from a little different point of view, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Try to figure out if I really want it to begin with. You know, there's yeah, two, yeah, two things that are coming up, and yeah, I'm, I'm trying kind to figure of like out. Everything what, is like in flux. <laughs> yeah, what what like Ananda said, it's how you, you what you feel inside. If it's something that's really pulling you passionately then I would listen to what Ananda and Tina are saying. You have to understand that if, you're, if, you're in, if your heart and your spirit is leading you in that direction, it's going to be beneficial for both you and your daughter. Um, but if yeah. it's not, you know, if it's not, so that's where, where you really have to, to quiet your mind. 
go into quiet meditation and ask your ask your guides. Even maybe ask them before you go to sleep, and maybe they'll give you an answer in a dream. But you have to trust they will give you an answer. You just have to listen for that answer. Actually, you you helped me already because my my heart usually doesn't come into involvement in my decisions so much. Um, and if I am to follow my heart, this is not something that I would go, this one thing I know would, is not something I'd go for. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it would be more you have your own answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really all in our feelings, and this is where Ananda is very, very clear. Um, whatever the situation is that's coming up, and it's going to be a different situation for everyone, you know, for some people, going is what they need to do to expand. For some people, not going is going to be the right answer. Your guidance system is designed for you and only you. Only you can interpret it and only you can pay attention and listen to it. If you look around for a general consensus or other people's opinions, you're not going to be tuning into your very, very personal guidance. And this is where a lot of us get lost in the world where um, you know, everyone's got an opinion, and if we're seeking outside of ourselves for guidance, uh, we are not tuned into spirit, and we are going to get lost. And that happens to a lot of people. Uh, they may be pleasing a partner. They may be pleasing a parent or a religion or a culture, whatever is guiding their decision. It's not coming clearly from their own inner prompting. Then you're going to start getting yourself in situations that don't suit you. So your guidance is specifically designed for you, and it is speaking to you through that emotional, how do you feel about it in a quiet, calm moment when you're not in a panic or fearful, but in a quiet, calm moment, how do I really feel about this? And you'll, and you'll get a clear yes or a clear no, and you can trust that. It's, it's very, very authentic for each of us, but a lot of us think too much and don't do enough of that quiet how do I feel about this? And that really is where the truth lies, is in in that quiet, peaceful place. How do I feel about it? And if you get a no and then you just go, okay, no, I'm not doing it. I trust this. Um, and your, uh, the thing to remember, too, is that spirit guides us by positive feelings. We have two sort of um, aspects to our mind at work. Uh, we have inspiration and that positive I'm interested in something this thing is calling to me and then we have the negative uh, no it's not safe or I might uh, something bad might happen or or I'd have to sell my house I don't want to do that and usually uh, and I say usually always spirit always speaks to us in positive uh, higher frequency thoughts and feelings that means uh, I'm interested in going there. I'm happy. Um, I want to go for a walk. You're, you're, you've got a positive kind of what we call an extended, extending kind of energy. And then the conditioned beliefs are limiting. They're restrictive in some way. They have a closed kind of feeling to them. Oh, I might get hurt. She might not like what I say. Those are conditioned beliefs. And this is one of the ways that it's really good to analyze what's going on inside of you because spirit is always positively focused, extending, loving, interested, uh, conditioned ideas. That means things that you've been taught by other people 
um, are limiting, judgmental, fear-based. So that's also a good thing to use and understand as you're trying to make decisions. Is it a positive feeling? Do I want it? Or is it a limiting, scary feeling? Oh, maybe that's not me. Maybe that's uh, a parent's voice or a cultural voice that's kind of overriding the inspiration that spontaneously arises from within us. Yeah, and the the thing is that, too, is that if we didn't need to work and support ourselves in this life, there would be a different set of considerations, <laughs> you know, but we make sacrifices. We, we say, well, okay, uh, well Amanda, if I, I want this, i got to do that. <laughs> um, you know, we've been trained uh, to limit ourselves in a lot of ways, um, and uh, the book that I'm actually writing right now it's about that. It's about love and all its manifestations and how we shut down the love that we have access to. And it's about how we're trained in our society and some of the restrictions that we choose to live within in our society. Uh, so the book that's coming out hopefully in the next few months, uh, it'll address a lot of these issues. So. Um, uh, we always have free will. We always choose what we're doing. A lot of us don't believe that. We think that we're forced by outside forces. But the truth of the matter is, if we're doing something, we're choosing to do it. And uh, uh, we have to look and, at why we're doing things. And like Amanda said, we are creating it. We're creating it. But uh, Claire, I thank you so much. I do want to get to some of these other callers. But yes. I thank yeah. you so much. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much and appreciate your call. Yeah. And, thank you so okay. much. Thank you okay. so much for okay, calling. Okay, thanks, Claire. Bye. Bye-bye, Claire. Okay. Yeah, actually, we're we're getting a, a lot of callers, which is wonderful. Our next caller is calling from the 443 area co- code. 443 area code. Hi, this is Kathy. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Hi, Kathy. <laughs> Good. How are you tonight? Wonderful. I'm I would like to uh, get a message about my spiritual journey, please. Okay. Can you be more specific? Uh, what what path, uh, what am I going to be doing, like, after I retire? Okay. How can um, I be of service? Okay. Um, what do you want to do? Mm, something to do with healing. Okay. Um. Uh, all right, I will bring Amanda through and I'll see what they have to say, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, we are with you again, dear ones. Uh, we want you to know that uh, as teachers, uh, we are here to help you understand that you have access to uh, a wealth of information uh, that you do not know you have access to. Uh, we are... Uh, limited in our willingness to predict because uh, what prediction does is it takes away your creative power. It takes away your access to the information that you all have access to, but you do not know you have access to it because you have been taught that you do not have access to it. So we are here to begin to teach you, uh, and that is our purpose as teachers. We are here to teach you that your interest in the subject that you are interested in is spirit speaking to you. 
spirit speaks to you in many ways. So we are one way. We are teachers and guides, and uh, we are here to help you in your awakening process. But we are here to teach you how to interpret the information that is coming to you from spirit all the time. You have a direct line of contact to your own guides and teachers, and most of you do not know this. Your guides and teachers will speak to you in very, very clear ways. If your frequency is high enough, they will speak to you as we speak to you. But for most of you, that is not the case. Our dear one, our dear one went through a very long process of clarification of mind and heart to get to the point where we could reach her. as She brought her frequency up into our realms, and so then we could dip down a little bit and come into contact with her. That is what we want you to focus on now, dear one. As you come to the end of your working world, uh, going to a paying job, let us say, we want you to begin to do exactly what we asked the previous person to do. We want you to begin to tune in to your minute-by-minute guidance. Yes, you are getting minute-by-minute guidance from your teachers and guides and your higher self. Remember the octopus. You believe that you are the little tip at the end of the tentacle, but you are not. You are connected to the whole thing. And you are getting a lot of information about uh, the next phase of your life. So we want you to begin to pay attention to things like books. Books are you interested in? What videos are you interested in? We want you to begin to pay attention to how you feel moment by moment. Do you want to nap or do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to have a conversation or do you want to be quiet? A lot of you are not discerning the guidance that you are getting properly. You are not interpreting interpreting it properly. Uh, you believe that there is uh, something lacking that you don't know what to do. Uh, this is because of the conditioning in your society. You are trained repeatedly to look outside of yourself for something. You have all the information constantly arising within you to show you where your path is. It is in your feeling self. It is in that moment. Do I want to stay in? Do I want to go out? Do I want to talk to that person? Do I not want to talk to them? These seem like small decisions, dear one, but they are not small decisions. They are spirit leading you exactly where you need to go now. Uh, often you are trained in your society to set a goal, a specific goal that is a specific location, and often it is related to career. You are heavily conditioned in your society to think of your life's purpose as work. Your life's purpose is to wake up. That is your life's purpose. Your life's purpose is to align with love. That is your life's purpose. And when you begin to make that your focus, aligning with love, finding peace, finding joy and happiness, what happens is that the future that is perfectly designed for you will, be, will begin to be attracted to you. So often what is uh, happening in uh, a person such as you in your position where you are coming to the end of your working life uh, as you are trained to do in your society you will begin to have a few little anxieties coming up because uh, there seems to be a big space uh, approaching. 
you know that you have a particular schedule, you have a particular routine that is associated with your job. And as you begin to see that herb, uh, that line in the sand approaching, uh, you begin to feel a little anxiety because of your conditioning. Your conditioning tells you that you must have something to do either to occupy your time or to make your life valuable or to make income. These are some of the conditions and beliefs and ideas that you may have arising at this time in your life. But what we want you to know is that minute by minute, your purpose is to align with love, which means that your purpose now is to begin to align with feeling good. And this is where your learning curve is going to get a little steep because of your conditioning. Because you are taught in your society that it is, uh, makes you more valuable to have an income. It makes you more valuable to have a profession. It makes you more valuable to be busy. Uh, we are going to bring counter arguments to say it does not make you more valuable to be busy. It does not make you more valuable to have an income. And it does not make you more valuable to have a career. Uh, these are all cultural conditionings. These are all cultural teachings. And you are going to have a, an opportunity coming up as you go into retirement to begin to look at some of these conditioned ideas and beliefs in your mind. Some of these things are going to make you uncomfortable. And what we want you to know is that if some of your thoughts are making you feel less than happy, then it is the thoughts that are wrong. It is not what is happening that is wrong. Your purpose is to wake up. Your purpose is to align with love. Your purpose is to expand and grow. And a lot of the conditioned ideas that you have in your mind are the opposite of that. Your purpose is to eliminate those thoughts and ideas and beliefs. And this line in the sand that you call retirement is a place and a time where a lot of these things come up for analysis and uh, observation. And they come up in the form of worries. They come up in the form of nervousness or concern about your future. We want you to know that your future is created now. Your future is created in the eternal now. And if in the eternal now you are worried, your future is going to be less abundant, less fun, uh, less stimulating, all of those things. In this moment, if you can get yourself to peace and happiness and joy and eager anticipation of the unknown, then your future is going to be of a higher frequency. Why? Because in this moment, you are at peace when you are happy, when you are eagerly anticipating, you are in a higher frequency place. What happens when you are in a higher frequency place? You attract higher frequency experiences to you. So we want you to bring your focus back from the future. We want you to begin to focus on the now. The now is where your future is created. It is never created anywhere else. And that is a good thing for all of you who are listening to pay attention to. In this moment, the feeling that you are holding is the feeling that is attracting your future to you. So in this moment, begin to do what you are interested in. If you are interested in gardening, begin to focus on that. If you are interested in healing modalities, study the ones that you are curious about, but do not think about the job. Do not think about the future. Think about the joy you get in learning about the subject that inspires you now. This is where your guidance system works. It only works 
now. It does not work in the future. And that is exactly why when you begin to think about the future, you start to feel anxiety. That is your guidance system saying, no, don't go there. Don't go too far away from now. And when you come back into this moment and enjoy this moment and do what is right for you in this moment, you will find peace. And that is your guidance system saying, yes, you are going to create your future from the eternal now moment. Make sure you are happy now, learning what you are interested in now, and do not worry about how it is going to translate into a job. We want to tell you that our dear one has created a wonderful, wonderful career in writing and channeling and teaching and all she did for 10 years was focus on what she loved to do, which happened to be studying a particular spiritual text. She had no idea the job that was going to come. She didn't do it for that reason. She did it because it made her feel good. And she knew that that was the secret. So that is the secret to your spiritual evolution. It is in the eternal now. And it is the same for all of you. Enlightenment only takes place in this moment. It is in your alignment with love. It is in your alignment with truth. And it is in your finding of peace within your mind. It is no small thing to have a peaceful mind. And in that peaceful mind, you will be inspired. You will be attracting to you the thing that is best for you. The things that you want are high-frequency things. You want health, you want stimulating work, you want great friends, you want adventure, you want all of these things. They are not down in the realms of worry and fear. They are up in the realms of peace and love. So get your frequency up to the realm of peace and love, and those things that you want will be drawn inexorably to you. It is like a giant love magnet. Make yourself loving and enjoy what you do. Appreciate your life, your health, your friends, your family, your hobbies, your interests, and you will become a powerful magnet that is going to draw exactly the perfect experiences to you. You must develop a great faith in life. You must develop a great faith in your guidance system, and you must develop a faith in the knowledge that you are a divine aspect of God's mind, and you are never, never alone. So trust that, dear one. Trust that. Oh my okay. God, that is so <laughs> that is so so true. You know? Okay, I, I just can't believe it. I'm gonna listen to this again because yeah, they I mean, have a <laughs> it really really hit home with me. Okay, like, about being in the now and not worrying about the future. Yeah, um, that really was my experience. You know, I had no idea that I was going to get gifted with this amazing uh, opportunity to work with people and spirit and writing. And um, I, of course, studied A Course in Miracles. That was my path. Uh, and I just loved it. I just would spend hours with that book. And I know that that shifted my consciousness and my frequency so much that these wonderful opportunities came my way. And I think it's Everyone has their own passions and what they love. Just do what you love tonight that you love to do and um, trust that uh, we're destined to be happy. Uh, we sort of have this conditioning in our society that, oh, it should be a struggle. And no, we're meant to be happy. That is what love is. That's what the alignment with truth is, is if you're feeling good, if you're doing something you're interested in, then that's what you're meant to be doing right now. 
And uh, any time that you suddenly feel a plummet in your mood, just look at the thought you had. It was an unloving idea somehow, a fear-based idea. And then redirect your mind once again to something that makes you happy, makes you feel good. And uh, just keep doing that, and you'll, you'll, you'll train yourself right into the frequency that you need to get yourself into. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was, it was and, beautiful. And like all of the advice that everything we're hearing from Ananda goes across the board for everybody. So it's, right. it's wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for calling in, Kathy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank yes, you. thank you for calling Okay, have a great night. Thank you. Okay, okay. we are going to go move on to our, our next caller. is calling from area code 856. Caller 856. Hi. Hello? This is, Hi. Hi, this is Laura. Thanks for taking the call. Wonderful. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Uh, so after listening to your... Um, feel there, I was thinking, so I'm thinking about moving down to North Carolina, and I, there's an opportunity down there that I'm thinking about applying for, for work, and I'm actually going to drive down there tomorrow to check out North Carolina to see if it is a place that I, I would want to live, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering, um, if you pick up whether or not that would be for my highest good, or maybe I should be staying put where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll bring in Anderson and see what they have to say. Okay. Uh, we're with you again, dear ones. Uh, we want you to know that uh, your presence here on this uh, planet at this time is no accident to your consciousness brought your physical being into presence, into existence, uh, so that it could experience. It wanted to experience this time and place. And what we want you to know is that that is where you start when you are worrying or wondering about a step that you are going to take. When you begin to be concerned uh, that there is a right and a wrong uh, path, We want you to know that there are no right and wrong decisions in that absolute sense. You cannot make a mistake because you are traveling through your own consciousness. This is what we want to remind you of. This world looks like an objective world. You are taught that there are uh, towns and uh, places that may be good or not good. What we want you to know is that there is no such thing as good or bad. There is only your mind interpreting this experience, whatever this experience is. Your internal journey is the only one that counts. Sometimes external journeys happen because they take you into different environments, and different environments are what? They are aspects of your consciousness that you have not yet explored. So as you go on this journey tomorrow, this is what we want you to do. And this will help you uh, figure out what the right thing is to do. Because a lot of you in going on a journey like this will have a lot of conditioned thoughts and ideas. That means things that you have been taught by your society, they are going to come into play. 
But what we want you to do is once again, as you go on this journey, begin to tell the correct story about what is actually happening here. You have invited an opportunity to you. You have chosen to go on this road trip, let us say. We want you to accept that this is the perfect road trip, the perfect timing for this experience for you. There is nothing that can go wrong here. You are merely to be observant. You are merely to not only observe what seems to be happening outside of you, because it is only an illusion that it is happening outside of you. We're going to go into this a little bit so that you can understand your journey a little bit better, and so will everyone else who is listening. You think that that journey is happening outside of you, but it is happening inside of you. You are interpreting the things you see. You are telling a story about what is going to happen when you get there. You are telling a story about what might happen if you take that position. You are telling a story about what might happen if you don't take that position. What we want you to know is that those stories are generating all of the feelings that you are going to have on that journey. So if you are driving and you are not paying attention to what is happening, you are making up stories in your head and paying attention to those. You've all done it when you've been driving along and you are suddenly five miles further along the road and you were in a completely different place in your mind. What is happening when that happens is that you are not living in true reality. You are living an illusory reality. And this is where a lot of you get stressed out and get very confused because you are living within those thoughts and imaginings. Instead of being in the car and paying attention to how your hands feel on the wheel and looking at the trees and the road and uh, in listening to how you feel inside, you are thinking, 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 and the thinking is coming from the conditioned mind, is telling fictitious stories about the future and the past, and you are actually missing what is happening. So what we want you to know is that as you go on that journey tomorrow, stay present. The information that you need about the decision that you are going to make is contained within that journey for you, that it is contained within the presence that you bring to that journey if you are unconscious and you are in your mind telling stories and believing those stories, you are going to have all kinds of emotions and thoughts and feelings coming up. But if you are present and you are observant and you listen to your inner guidance, remember your inner guidance, your inspiration is coming from your teachers and guides and the plan that is ready uh, is already designed for your life then you may be driving along the road and think, oh, I'm going to pull into that gas station. I just had the feeling to do that. If you are present, you may very well have an experience in that gas station or see an advertisement for a house or a job or have a conversation that is going to help you. If you are unconscious and you think, oh, no, I have to get there, I'll be late, that is a perfect example of a conditioned idea overriding your inspiration. It is in your presence that that answer is going to come to you, dear one. We are not predictors. We will not tell you what to do because that is going to take your power and influence away from you, and that is not our purpose. 
Our purpose is to enhance your power and influence so that you may access the huge amounts of information that Spirit is offering to you all the time. But where are they offering it to you? They are offering it to you in the present moment, in experiences, in people and places and things that you must be aware and open to uh, engaging with. And that is your job. So we will say to you, you are going to know unequivocally if this is the right thing for you to do. But you must stay out of the stories in your mind. You must stay out of the fictitious future that is uh, generated by those stories. And you must be in the present moment. In the present moment, as you go through the experience of the drive, the interview, uh, hanging out uh, in that town that you are anticipating uh, perhaps uh, moving to, you are going to get a frequency response. You are going to get a vibration coming to you in the form of either good feelings or bad feelings. But beware of the bad feelings. Often the bad feelings come from uh, the negative thoughts and ideas that are being generated in the mind. So if you are getting negative feelings when you are there, we want you to know spirit doesn't speak to you in the negative. That is your own mind's conditioned thoughts and beliefs expressing themselves. So stay present on that journey and you will get clear guidance. We guarantee it. We will uh, make sure that we are on the trip with you. Once we have made connections with people like this dear one, we are never separate from you if you wish us to be with you. So invite us along on the trip and ask for clear guidance and we will speak to you, not through words as we are now, but it will come through inspiration. It will come through gentle nudgings. It will come through feelings but you must be present to hear the voice. You must be present in the reality that is happening. That means in your body, focusing on your breath, focusing on the scenery that is uh, going past your visual sensory input device, your eyeballs, we will say. Uh, Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And uh, you will get exactly the clear and unequivocal answer that you want. If we told you the answer now, you would not pay attention to anything that was happening. You would have uh, closed your mind with a no or opened your mind with a yes, but you still would not be looking. And it is imperative for all of you who are on a spiritual journey, and you are all on a spiritual journey, dear ones, it is imperative that you begin to understand that spirit speaks to you through the people, places, and things that you encounter. And if you are not present, you will miss the messages. And that is why so many of you get stuck in unhappy routines and uh, it looks as if your life is uh, is stuck in inertia. That is because you are stuck in inertia, thinking the same thoughts over and over again, obsessing about the old resentments over and over again. Get into presence. Pay attention to how you feel in this moment and you you will be guided clearly, dear one. You will be guided clearly. Wow. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> I, would, I would really like it if Ananda was with me tomorrow <laughs> on, on my journey. Thank you so much, Tina. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, um, they will. I've had a lot of people who have uh, had contact with them now, so they're making themselves uh, felt. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe tonight before you go to sleep. Uh, let them know that you're interested in having them come on the journey with you and uh, do what they ask and you'll 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 get some messages. I will. I will definitely do that. Thank you very, very much. 
Okay. Oh, thank you. That was thank awesome. you so thank much you. for calling, sweetie, and have a safe journey tomorrow. Thank you. Yay. I appreciate that. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Moving on, we do have uh, quite a few callers. Um, next caller is calling from the 708 area code. 708 area code. Hello. You are on. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, Hi. I have a question. I would like to know. Um, Who I'm, are we talking to? Oh, my name is Barb. Have... Hi, Barb. Okay. Hello. Um, I would like to know on my spiritual path um, that I'm on, it's the angel numbers are coming to me very, very frequently. Um, mediumship is has. Um, resurfaced and has um, entered, you know, um, back just primarily in the evening, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I'm wondering uh, how my, how much longer, well, I shouldn't say how much longer, how my spiritual career um, is developing. How do you think it's developing? Well, at first, I thought it was going a little bit too slow, but mm-hmm. now in um, with the mediumship, I, you know, years ago as a as a kid, I had uh, mediumship and I wasn't aware of it. You know, well, I had the I had the um, um, where they would come and and speak to me, and it just got so pesty that I kind of pushed them away. And now, uh, so I told them they can only come to me in my sleep <laughs> because until I'm able to um, control it better, so that it, it doesn't take over like it did before because it was, um, of course, I was much, much younger and not knowing how to deal with it. Um, I just, um, it's just kind of like easier for me to process. And the other thing is for me, it's on the spiritual path. It's really, I, I just constantly question what's me and what's them. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, just to speak to that a little bit from a personal point of view, um, uh, the, you know, the ego mind and that's kind of the consciousness that most of us are in is the very, uh, as we're learning, you know, we come to be able to interpret more easily uh, where our messages and thoughts and ideas are coming from. But the questioning mind is the ego mind. It's the mind that we're raised in. It's the frequency of this place. And so it's a relentless, uh, you know, who's this? What's this? What does it mean? And um, it really is part of the uh, consciousness frequency that we're not interested in. It doesn't mean that we're not uh, curious. It doesn't mean that we're not... Um, intelligent or discerning it's about putting it into perspective so what I did as I began to have spiritual experiences in the form of communication uh, was I just really uh, was open to them I kept being open to them and openness is really that non-judgmental place questioning is a judgmental place and it's a lower frequency place so I began 
to really focus on trusting that this experience was happening. So I was going to be curious about it. I was going to be uh, surrendered to it in that sense. And I think that's why um, I had such an amazing experience through my Kundalini awakening and through this channeling is because uh, the Course in Miracles text that I studied and trained with is a training program about surrender. It really shuts down that part of the mind that is constantly doubting, doubting, judging, fearful. You know, it's a lower frequency part of our consciousness. Uh, and we've been trained that it keeps us safe. Well, in actual fact, it keeps us limited. And so that that's kind of just my little take on that is to begin to trust that if this uh, skill has been with you for a long time, that you're going to be able to handle it, that it's going to, that it's going to unfold perfectly. It's, it's about developing faith in the spiritual relationship that we have with our guides and teachers. Um, uh, as for the rest of it, uh, what, what was the specific question again that you had, Fernanda? Uh, my question is, um, on my... Um on my spiritual path, I've also have done Reiki healing, and I'd like to know if that um, will come through for me as a career. Okay. Because I oh. do feel, I do feel, is like an inner knowing that I have healing hands. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll let Ananda speak to that. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Oh, we're with you again, dear ones. Uh, we want you to know, first of all, that you are all healers. Uh, this is uh, one of those uh, stories that you have as a cultural teaching that there are very, very special people out there, and the special ones are healers. Uh, we want you to begin to open up your mind about this because uh, healing is a return to love. That is all healing is. And so when you are unhealthy, you are out of alignment with love. But when you are healthy, you are in alignment with love. And as somebody who is seeking to become, uh, we would say, professional, that means you, you earn your living at healing. We first of all want you to get your mind in alignment with the truth, which is that it, uh, healing is not a gift. Healing is a right. Healing is a natural ability that all of you potentially have access to. Uh, as you go into a healing modality, it is very important uh, that you do not bring ego into it. Now, by that we mean uh, the ego is uh, part of the consciousness that believes in separation, and it also believes in specialness. So as you are journeying down this pathway, we want you to know that uh, you are unique, but you are not special. You are no more special than anyone else, and nobody else is more special than you. You are all equal. What is different about each of the uh, seemingly separated beings on your planet is that some of you are more in alignment with love than others. And that is all. That is all you are witnessing in any behavior, in any health issue, in any kind of physical manifestation that may be deemed beneficial or not beneficial. Some of you are more in alignment with love and some of you are less in alignment with love. There is only one energy. It is either flowing or not. You either have connection to it or you do not. 
And this is a very, very important thing as a healer because when you begin to see that that is what uh, alignment is, it is connection to the divine, which is love. And so you know that when you are feeling good, when you are doing something that is seemingly arising in you spontaneously, uh, in some people it may take the form of art. An artist will have the impetus or the inspiration to do a painting, and it seems to come of its own volition. This is the space that we want you to get into. This is alignment with love, this ability to tune into what is wanting to come through you. This is where resistance comes in. This is where uh, things not manifesting quickly enough come Come, uh, comes into play when you have resistance to things or you have beliefs that are out of alignment with truth. And as you know, uh, at times to people's great consternation, we suggest that if you want to be a healer, that you study the lessons of A Course in Miracles. The lessons of A Course in Miracles are designed to realign your mind with love. What does this do? It causes miracles of healing to arise and transpire, not initially in others, but initially in yourself. Mm. Because to be a good healer, you must be in alignment with truth because that is what healing is. So that is our advice to you. If you want to speed up your practice, if you want to speed up the manifestation of this chosen career, then you want to begin to focus on clarification of your mind, removing thoughts and ideas and beliefs that are out of alignment with love because they are going to interfere with your ability to heal. You are capable of being a miracle worker if you are in alignment with love to a great degree, if you understand the laws of creation. And that is what those lessons will teach you. Now, there are some questions about the Course in Miracles coming up in the audience uh, in general. And there have been some negative statements made about that book. But what we want you to know is that if you practice the lessons of A Course in Miracles, you are in fact in alignment with the frequencies of love as you practice those lessons. And what you will begin to experience is you will begin to experience the feeling of love within you as you study that material. And that is where your frequency shift really begins to transpire very, very quickly. Most of you, uh, and we are not talking to you specifically here, questioner, but you are part of the most of you. Most of you are caught in a system of thinking that is not in alignment with truth. And this causes resistance, this causes fears, this causes frustrations, procrastination, uh, all kinds of things that can make the journey uh, to your spiritual evolution difficult. What these lessons do is provide you with an intense training program to get you spiritually fit. And this training program is very much like somebody who is out of shape and overweight and uh, for a short time hands over their free will to a personal trainer. The person who is, uh, say, 50 pounds overweight and not very fit uh, can look at a personal trainer see their physique, see their health, see their strength, and look down at their own 
experience of their body and say, actually, I'm not happy with this. I would prefer to have your experience, but you must know something I don't know because my body and my experience is very different from you and I don't know how to get where you are. And that is all the Course in Miracles lessons are. They are a dedicated practice for those of you that want to tap into the miracle of healing and they are a guided, dedicated practice with a personal trainer that is of a very, very high frequency. And the consciousness that is uh, has generated that text, the consciousness that is associated with that text is the Christ consciousness, and it is the highest frequency that you, as a being of your uh, growth and development, can attain. So we want to put that out there for you, for any of you that are listening who want to remove the resistance from your life, who want to speed up the process, but you you must also understand that the time frame is of the egoic mind. It is of the ego consciousness, and you are trained deeply in this uh, belief in time. What we want you to know is there's a phrase contained within the Course in Miracles. It is, infinite patience brings immediate results. When you act as if you have all the time in the world and you dedicate yourself to a spiritual practice in the now, as if you have all the time in the world, that brings a level of peace, an increase of frequency and a connection to spirit that the impatient, time-focused, judgmental ego mind cannot tap into. So if you are worried about time, if you are frustrated, that means you're in alignment with the ego mind, which is time-based and physically based. When you are in attunement with love, when you are in tune with spirit, you are at peace and you are in the moment doing what you love and what makes you feel good. Now, we understand that there are some rep repetitions going on here, but the truth of the matter is that is the answer to all of your questions, dear ones. It is the answer to all of your questions. Get yourselves feeling better by doing what is in alignment with you and you will make leaps and bounds. Why are so many of you frustrated on your journeys? Why are so many of you sick? Why are so many of you not doing what you want to with your life? Because you are listening to your societal teachings which are teaching you to override your feelings. Do what others want rather than what you are guided to do. Behave yourself, uh, limit yourself, uh, keep doing things that you don't like to do for the money. These are many of your societal teachings and they are making you very, very unhappy as a collective. And what does an unhappy collective produce? You produce an unhappy world because you are all the creators of this experience that you are having here. So begin to see yourself as that. You, dear one, are the creator of your experience. And if you are frustrated, you are creating the frustration. You are out of alignment. So look at what you are thinking. Look at what you are telling yourself. Are you, are you obsessed with uh, attaining a particular goal in a particular timeline? These are the trainings of the ego mind, and they are going to make you unhappy. Are you patient and present? Then you are going to feel good, and you will have more and more clear guidance. And so as a seeker of a communication with Spirit, you must take yourself up into the frequency of the spirits that you want to communicate with. You do not want to commune with spirits who are in the realms of frustration and uh, uh, time. They are more 
low frequency. You want to get yourself up and communicating with those consciousness beings that are in the realms of love and peace and creativity. They are much more fun to hang out with. So that is what we want you to focus on as you journey into your mediumship, getting your frequency up. And your frequency is reflected back to you minute by minute in your feeling self. If you are feeling good, you are on track. If you are feeling bad, you have had an unloving idea or thought. And that is what you need to begin to let go of. So you have everything you need within your own consciousness. But the lessons of A Course in Miracles are for those who want to speed things up a little bit because it is the fastest way to disempower the ego, which is the fearful, separated aspect of the consciousness in which you reside. So that is plenty for you to think about, dear one. We will be back shortly. Okay. That's Gina back here. Wow, that was, a, yeah, that was, a, that was utterly amazing. And uh, I will definitely um, take it to heart, absolutely. And um, I just wanted to say that it, it was very hard for me in the beginning to slow down. But, yeah. over the, but over the last couple of years, I have surrendered to it. I have. Mm-hmm. Right. And it has made it has made a very big difference, but I'm so glad for the explanation. And I'm aware of the Course in Miracles. Have I been a student? No, I have not. But I will become a student of the Course in Miracles. And also with that, I also he- I also heard in the message that I need more self discipline. And I also, if I want to go ahead and be this healer. I have to heal my own temple, my yes. own body, yes. with with commitment and love, uh, and love for yes. being more healthy, exercising, uh, cleaner diet. You know, the whole it's a, a whole mind, body, spirit. Yeah, the thing is, um, the thing is to get again to use your to use how you're feeling as your guide. Uh, one of the things that I know, um, you know, I've participated in and experienced is, you know, the Western way is a, can be very harsh and it can be very, very um, determined and go, I've got to do this now. I've got to, you know, no pain, no gain. Uh, they're very, very um, clear that, you know, when you go for a walk, uh, go for a walk in a peaceful demeanor look around, take your camera with you, sit on a log if you're at the beach, go sit in sit in the woods if you're in that kind of environment. Don't be on um, a driven kind of path, but be mm-hmm. on a peaceful, open... Uh, I've experienced such levels of creativity and production, and yet it looks like I'm not doing things a lot of the time. And it's kind of an interesting paradox that most of us that are trained in the Western way don't get to experience. I was trained to slow down and to go into this different way of being. And what happens is an incredible burst of creativity and productivity, but it's not stress-induced. It's not stress-related. It's, you know, I nap, I I walk, I um I do whatever I'm inspired to do in the moment, but because I've released a lot of the resistance, I have these amazing productive days. Um, 
a lot of us are sort of working against ourselves. We have a lot of beliefs and ideas in our minds that are counter to the path that we actually want to go on. And it's really important to know that those contradictory thoughts and beliefs create resistance and they make us tired and they make us cranky. And that's how you know that you're you're not clear. And that's really what those lessons of A Course in Miracles are for. They're to begin to show you what's going on in your mind that's not working for you. And And that's really the gift that those lessons hold, is to take you on a guided journey inside your consciousness. And that's where the problems are. The problems that are stopping us manifesting the life we want are contained within our own minds. And they're manifesting out in the world as negative things or manifesting in our body as sicknesses. But they're all within us. We're taught that they're outside of us, but they're not. They're within us. And that's when the miracle starts to happen. Is you go inside your mind, you start, to, you start, first of all, start to see what's going on in there, which can be a little distressing at times. Um, and then once you begin to see what's going on in there, you get trained how to change it into peace and love and forgiveness, and then you start to see manifested out in the world these what are seemingly miracles, but they have changed. The outside has changed is because the inside has changed. Mm-hmm. The world reflects our state of mind, and this is the great lesson that we must all take from these teachings: is the world is made up from us our collective minds and our individual lives are made up from what we're thinking about, how we're feeling. And we must clean up our own inner world to clean up the problems in our life. Moving the chairs around on the Titanic is what we're taught to do. Let me change the outside world to get what I want. No, the outside world is being generated from within you. Clean up the inside and then you're going to begin to manifest in the world everything that you want. Everything that you want can come to you, but we're so um, contaminated by a lot of uh, unloving thoughts and beliefs and ideas that we can't bring it into manifestation. Because the things we want are high-vibe things, love and abundance and health and meaningful work. Those are all really high-vibe things. Our resistances and our fears and our judgments are low-vibe things, and we have to begin see that they are not our friends. We don't want them anymore. They aren't helping us, uh, but we have to we have to become humble enough to do some lessons and learn. We have to relearn how to live in our own minds. And that's really what those uh, lessons of the Course in Miracles are to do. Well, I have <laughs> a lot of learning. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for uh, your time. And uh, I really am going to listen to this more than once and really focus on being in love in yes. the moment and remembering that will be done. <laughs> That's awesome. Good luck. Thank and you. With, the, with the Course in Miracles, because um, I'm, I'm just starting that myself, um, I'm finding with the lessons in the Course in Miracles, it helps to undo a lot of that social conditioning or social yep. programming. That's yep. that's what, what I'm like, yeah, we have to deprogram and forget all the social, um, cultural 
um, teachings. And that's where this Course in Miracles, the lessons are helping me to do that, to let go of that. Yeah. And then once yeah. you clean that, you can now um, you can re-educate yourself with love and love, and love frequency. So that that will will help you on your journey. I, you know, yeah. have to, just want to throw in my two cents about the Course in okay. Miracles because I'm, I'm I, into I would just like to say I would just like to say one thing. Uh, we are working on uh, organizing live streaming events where I'll be channeling um, on uh, the computer video uh, channeling. And people uh, will have, there'll be a chat room, and people are going to be able to ask questions. And uh, we're going to be doing this regularly. So if anybody is out there who's interested in uh, getting information about the live streaming, we're hoping to have it out probably in the next week or two. Uh, go to channelingjesus.com and leave your email there, and you'll be notified of these live streaming events. We're going to be doing them regularly and it's going to be an ongoing opportunity to have these kinds of dialogues where you can um, you can ask Ananda questions. You're going to, we're going to have Jesus channeling too. So you're going to be able to, um, as you're studying A Course in Miracles, you're going to be able to tune into these live streaming events and ask the questions that come up because a lot of questions do come up as you go through this self, uh, it's a self-study program, but it's really great to be able to uh, get support and uh, have your, you know, everyone has uh, challenges with the book. I, I certainly had challenges and threw it across the room a few times uh, on my journey with it. So, uh, yeah, channelingjesus.com, leave us your email. We're not sending lots of uh, irritating emails out, so you'll only get information about these things uh, uh, so if any of you out there are curious and would like to tune in to these, these uh, events, uh, please do visit the website and leave us your email. It Amazing. should be fun. That's wonderful. Yeah, oh, it is great. Well, that is just thanks. wonderful. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. Have a great night. Too. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. I think we actually we got through the callers. That is wonderful. Oh, wow. And we've got 10 minutes yeah. left. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I, I had one more question in regard to the book, Great Minds right. Speak. For you, Tina, um, was there any particular um, person that came through or message that came through that really spoke to you um, yeah. from the book? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the one that came through that really – because, you know, I had the questioning mind, too. I was like, how do I, you know, how do I know that this is the, the people that they say they are? And uh, the the one that really convinced me uh, absolutely was uh, Jonas Salk, who came through and talked about vaccinating uh, children. And mm -hmm. uh, it was so out of left field. I didn't have any kind of relationship with this person. I didn't really know much about him at all. Um mm -hmm. Uh, that was the that was one that really spoke to me. And the other, there were two others. Uh, Margaret Thatcher came through, and I was in England when Mar Margaret Thatcher was prime minister, and she was a very um, uh, sort of self righteous and kind of cold, unfeeling kind of person. And uh, when she came through and talked, she was very humble and apologetic about some of the things that she had done in her life. Uh, as Prime Minister of England, and uh, it was just such a, a beautiful, sort 
sort of story of redemption that I, I really appreciated that one. And of course, you know, everyone's favorite Princess Diana, she was a powerful, powerful, um, that was a powerful channeling experience. It was, uh, I cried uh, as I was channeling her and uh, it, I, I felt such strong, uh, this, the frequency of love and um, compassion that I felt when I was channeling her was very, very powerful. And um, it was just a beautiful story, you know, uh, the tragic, you know, sort of the tragic loss of her for, was for a lot of us sort of one of those hard to understand things. Um, but in the message that she brought through, it was, you know, a beautiful resolution. She's still doing the work. Uh, you know, one of her messages was about celebrity and uh, how we uh, we need to give celebrities space and, uh, you know, freedom to live their lives. I think she didn't have very much space there for a long time. Um, but I think in, you know, in, in kind of closing uh, each of the stories of uh, each one of these beings was very, very interesting and spoke to uh, a particular aspect of life, whether it was, you know, Marilyn talked about valuing yourself for your creativity rather than your beauty. Um, uh, there were so many beautiful lessons in these stories uh, that it's, it's a really one, I mean, obviously, uh, I didn't write the book. Um, I can. Re I feel like I could recommend it freely. It's a really, really wonderful compendium of uh, different points of view, different uh, incarnational experiences. And if you have any curiosity about life after death and the meaning of life and uh, how reincarnation works, it's got all of those different aspects uh, addressed in it. And it's an easy read. It's not... Uh, heavy book like The Course in Miracles. It's designed for the, you know, uh, new spiritual student who's curious about life after death and has questions. Uh, you can read a chapter uh, very, very easily. And uh, uh, it's it, it's a fun book. Even though it's about death, it's a fun book. <laughs> well, it helps, like you say, one of the um, one of the goals in the book is to help change our perception. Because I, yes. I, I've said this for many years, I don't believe in death. And I, I say to people, yes. it's, it's eternal life. It's just that we're transitioning to another aspect of our life. It's yeah. no such thing as death. And that's how I, because a lot of people will say to me, losing my son, um, I don't know how you could do, how, can, how you can get through that um, yeah. experience. And I said, he's not gone. Honestly, I do feel like I'm closer to him now, in the sense that we didn't, when he, as a grown man, young man, he was living his life, and he, I talked, he called me on my Mother's Day, birthday, and New Year's Eve. You know, I sometimes yeah. a whole year would go by, and I've only talked to him three times when he was yeah. healthy and living his life, because he's a young yeah. man living his life, and who wants to be bothered with mommy? You know? yeah. So I talk to him now all the time. So I feel yeah. like I'm closer to him now than I was, and I know he he can hear me, and I know he does. I quietly listen. I can hear what his response will be. So um, I yeah, well, I, I love the fact. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Mm -hmm. No, I was um, going to say, I love it, the fact that, <laughs> go ahead, no, we did that go. twice, you, you go, go you go. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to kind of bring your the attention of everyone to the work that you are doing, you know, you've had that 
impossibly difficult experience that, that most people, and this is totally related to the book, uh, you have not let grief cripple you, even though you've lost your ch a child and, and you have come to a, a beautiful place of acceptance and you are using it as a springboard for loving uh, evolution and growth and you're sharing your gift with other people. And that's really the message behind this book is exactly the way you're living your life. I mean, you're a demonstration right now of what they're talking about. Don't, you know, don't let grief ruin your life. These beings have moved on to another realm. They're growing, they're learning, they've done their time in the physical. They're now going on to another realm to do something else. And grief just holds them back. They feel it. It doesn't feel nice to them when people are grieving. And I'm sure that your son feels your love for him and your acceptance of this experience and he now can move forward freely. And that's really what the message of the book is. Don't grieve for them. They don't need you to do that. You're only hurting yourself by keeping your frequency low when you're in a you know year after year of this shouldn't have happened. How do you know it should have happened? It happened. Happened. It, it, it happened. And that's how you know it was meant to happen. And I think that you're demonstrating a wonderful, um, powerful demonstration of the acceptance of this temporary physical structure that we live in called a body. You know, you're living your life, you're bringing uh, truth to lots of people, and you're uh, expressing your love for your son in a really, really healthy way. So hats off to you for doing that. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, like I said earlier, I do believe I was blessed um, because I did ex uh, experience a miracle with him and got an extra three years with him. And I believe um, spirit, his spirit knew that she's not ready for yeah. to deal with. I might have, you know, if it happened three years before, it had, when, uh, when the doctor said it was going to happen in 2011, I may not have taken gone in this direction. I may have spent the rest of my life grieving. So um, I was blessed. Um, you know, spirit was wise. Like she needs a little bit more time. Let her, yeah. you know, be able to adjust to this and and take it, go positive with this uh, transition, yeah. and yeah. and not go and fall into grief. Yeah, so, I think that's yeah. the kind of the the message for people who are listening is, you know, if you have lost, and the truth of the matter is, of course, we're all going to have to face death as loved ones. It's inevitable. Um, and mm -hmm. that's really what the book is about. You know, if you've got fear of death, if you are struggling with grieving someone that's gone, you know, pick the book up and read the stories and allow your mind to be changed about um, what's happened and what is inevitable for all of us. You know, people are going to die eventually around us. All our friends, our loved ones, our families, we're going to have these experiences. And really uh, changing our minds about death is going to allow us to suffer less and that means there's more love in the world. When we're suffering, uh -huh. we're out of alignment with love. And really, this world needs more love. And uh, yeah. we don't need to grieve unnecessarily for people who are just moving on to their next adventure, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. Yes. Um, so this has been great. Wonderful. And we are yeah. down to our little wire. <laughs> we're down to the last minute. <laughs> But it was a wonderful, and we're going to have you back, um, I believe, the first week of February. 
think we're on track for that. Um, I'm actually going on a brief vacation, so next week we won't have a live show. But uh, Tina will be back with us early in February. So I'm going to say good night to everyone, and everybody have a great weekend. Love everybody. Okay, Tina, bye-bye. Thank you so thanks much. for having me. It was fun. Thank I enjoyed you. it. Okay. Good and night. thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda, for answering the questions. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, bye-bye.